And we're back. We're back three seconds early. So does your clock say 241-08-09-010? Bill, we got the same clock. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it happens. I mean, it, they like they like me when I do the show. And so they give me a three or four seconds, which I've just completely wasted. Um, this is Gary Kinnaman sitting in for Tommy Brown on Koinonia 1360 Faith Talk Radio. And I'm, I've got with me in the studio today a young couple pastoring a church in the East Valley, Fountain of Life. And we're talking with Tim and Carrie Thompson. And uh, I wanted to talk to Tim uh, about, about his leadership in the community. He's a pastor. I have a strong, uh, I have a strong bent toward engaging uh, in the community and working with all kinds of people in common grace for the common good. Um, we had a meeting with our executive, our executive leadership team at Word of Grace some years ago. We had a retreat with our executive team and and uh, most of the members of our board of, of directors and uh, our, our governing board of elders. And then we invited in four community leaders, a um, uh, Hispanic a woman who was Catholic who had run for mayor of Mesa, the f- former vice mayor of Mesa, uh, a couple of other community leaders. Uh, I think one of them was LDS. And I'll never forget what the vice mayor, the former vice mayor of Mesa, uh, Pat Gilbert, said. He said, if you guys want to work in the community – you have to be willing to work with people you disagree with. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is a watershed statement. And I, 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 understand, I understand that, but I just really like the way that was said. And uh, for me, I, I like to use the term common grace. Every, everybody is created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who are not at all religious, let alone Christian, who in some ways are doing the work of God more more passionately and maybe uh, more effectively than people who are who are Christians and claim to be followers of Jesus. And so I want to I want to acknowledge that, and I want I want to say what can we do uh, to love together? We may not always be able to worship together, but what can we do to love together? So, uh, Tim, tell us about what you do. You're co-chairman of. For our city, what is that, and what do you do, and why do you do it? Yeah, so I'm co-chairman of not the the whole organization, but of the chapter in Gilbert. Oh, so there are how many chapters now in in, in the Phoenix area? In, in the Phoenix area, I think there's ten uh, chapters, and uh, so Victor Peterson, a council member, and I uh, co-chair mm-hmm. um, the chapter there in Gilbert, and. Um, you know, I, I I think love encompasses a lot of things. God loves people. Yep. So, and we, we can't cheapen that. He doesn't make any um, stipulations on it. He just, he, he loves people. So as much as I can remove the labels off of people that we put on people, you know, uh, whether it be denomination labels, whether it be religious labels, whether it be color labels, nationality, whatever it is, at bottom line is God loves people. I mean, if we took a magic eraser and we erased all of the borders of every country, we would just be a human race, right? Lost in need of God and of his grace. And we're that way with the borders. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, what is For Our City? Tell, tell our listeners, what is For Our City? It's, it's ForOurCity.org if you'd for like to city. see. Yep. But what do, you, what do you do? What is For Our City? So For Our City is a civic organization that seeks to bridge the uh, municipal staff or, or municipality with uh, civic duty uh, to go out and to um, take care of the community. So and we engage and we, you know, what we like to say is, is we're a bridge into the silos of ministries and organizations and nonprofits that exists out there that are doing good. So what can we do better together? What can we do better together? And I said this earlier, you know, we can't do do it alone. We can't can't make a difference in our world alone. We can barely make a difference together. Mm -hmm. And uh, For Our City is is really a networking of faith leaders, Mm -hmm. uh, most of whom are Christians. There are some other faith leaders that get involved sometimes, but most, it seems the, the impetus is really Christian and uh, the idea is to is to create a, a collaborative relationship with the mayor's office of local cities. Mm-hmm. Did I say that? Yeah, uh, correctly. You know, probably one of the toughest challenge, Gary. If you went into a room, if you walked into a room full of leaders, and you said, "How many of you would like to solve a problem?" Hundred percent of them would raise their hand and say, "I want to be a part of that." If if um, if you said, "How many of you knew of a need?" Would run to answer that need you know depending on the need you would have people raise their hand and say yeah i want to be a part of that but if you went to the same group of people and you said how many of you if you had a need would ask for help few leaders would raise their hand Mm. in our community right now the biggest problem is that people who have need don't speak out and so that's the the most difficult challenge is really going how can I help you? I think, uh, what is it on the Santa Claus movie? Help me, help you, help you, right? <laughs> so, so that's, I don't believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> no, but right. I understand. We just digress. <laughs> but that's the challenge, you know, is is finding out what are what are the issues out there, and how can we get resources to it? Because we have these churches, we have these goodwill people, we have um, uh, people who love other people who want to do something about it, but how do you get them to talk about it? Yep. How do you get them engaged and involved? And so that's what Forest City seeks to do. What are some things you've done? Some of the things we've done, we've helped out at uh, House of Refuge. We've, um, which is? Which is a ministry that uh, is in Mesa to people who are in transition from out of drug culture or mm-hmm. out of abusive situations. I think it's a one-year program. They get to move in. They use uh, uh, what used to be... Uh, William Gateway uh, Airport, Williams, out uh-huh. there, Air Force, uh, yeah. Air Force Base. Uh-huh. Uh, so they have some housing out there. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, uh, so, so you know, through some of the channels, we've been able to go in and to help. Now you out say with that. we? You're talking about actually leaders together from Gilbert? Yeah, leaders from uh, different churches. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had several uh, churches be engaged and, and go out and do service projects. We have two times a year that we do it: once in April, once in October. Uh, where as a community we go out and we serve. We've served uh, Gilbert Public Schools by going in and cleaning up and making sure that it looks nice and cleaning mm-hmm. windows and, and doing things that, that maybe are extra. You know, we, we can step in without all of the political agenda that may be behind doing something and just say we just want to do something nice and kind for these kids. Um, 
so uh, we've done stuff like that. We're pretty ambitious about what we want to do coming up in 2016 and 2017. So we've been uh, working at that. But rather than tackle the issues of picking up old gum on the gym floor or in the hallway or painting or beautifying things, which are all necessary, but the desire is to tackle something substantial. And so we're looking at, at possibly dealing with the trauma that hits our society. So we're working together with John McHatton mm-hmm. uh, and and seeing if we can address issues of trauma. You know, how mm-hmm. does trauma affect the family? How does trauma affect the employment? How does trauma uh, affect the individual? Mental health, um, substance abuse, domestic violence, things like this that that are happening. And how do you do that in a positive way, right? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. who's going to raise their hand and say, yeah, you know, I've I'm got traumatized. Dem- I've, I'm traumatized. You know what I mean? A lot of times when you're traumatized, you don't know. So how can we inform a community? How can we reach out to uh, to people to get them to both recognize it and to know how to effectively talk about yeah. it? So partnering with schools and organizations that go in and, and people who, who are going in trying to bring a positive message uh, to talk to kids about making right choices, you know, um, kids have a lot of choices it was really sad the other day somebody said to me um yeah my daughter's going you know to prom and her date you know is already a com- uh what is it convicted felon but 70 to 80 percent of our kids are are convicted felons because they've had some type of uh encounter with uh drugs or substance abuse or well they're or this they're potentially or felons they're not right potentially yeah. felons all right but so we've got the society and supposedly a very clean uh, community. Mm. So there's an in Gilbert, yeah, it's breakdown. supposed to be the safest city. And we are in America. We are. Let me let me just say, you know, I mean, uh, I'm the first to say I want to declare the positive over our community and say, you know, we are young, safe, and vibrant. You know, and and we will be known not because of the tragedy that marks us, but because of the glory of God that is going to uh, mark our community. And uh, when the glory of God is revealed, you know, that's what I want my community to be known for. That's what I fight for. That's what I strive for. And so I don't mind jumping into the bullpen, so to speak, with other people, because my desire is that the Jesus that's in me, that's real, and, and what you sense from my life, the spirit of God that is exuding from my life is going to rub off on you. Yep. So I jump in with both feet. Uh, you know, no one uh, did a religious interview with the f- the firefighters and the police who ran into the burning World Trade Center mm-hmm. to rescue people. No one interviewed them. Mm-hmm. Everybody just got together because this was an issue that had to, had to be addressed right now, and people risked their lives for the lives of others, and they may or not may or may not have been Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, I mean we, somehow we have to partner. We've got to work together. And uh, so, as a pastor, um, how does this affect uh, the way you know? Do you, do you disengage from all of that, and then you become a pastor on the weekend, uh, or does this roll over? I'm assuming it rolls over into the way you lead the church and what you talk about and and what your congregation is doing. You know, I try to not go crazy. 
And so as much as I can, I don't divide myself into it. What you see is what you get. Um, I am who I am. And so I, I don't change my pastor hat from city stuff to pastoring to at home. I'm the same. I'm the yeah. same person. You know, I, I, we just have a, just a minute here. I just want to say uh, a good friend of mine is Dr. Warren Stewart who is a pastor of uh, First Institutional Baptist here in downtown Phoenix. And and he talks about being a prophetic pastor. And I think the African-American leader, leadership in African-American churches has been much more... Uh, much more engage, willing to engage themselves and their and their churches in community action, and uh, they're not as isolated because they're living they're living the issues every single day. I love that. And our our pastors need to be prophetic. Yeah, we'll be right back. We want to pray for you before we say goodbye. <laughs> 